Welcome to the Preacher's Podcast. Today we continue our series, Come Lord Jesus. Advent, of course, means coming near. And in this series, we're thinking of our Savior's Advent from four different angles, or really four different aspects of our Savior's work. Come Lord Jesus as King, as Judge, as Messiah, as Emmanuel. I'm John Mitchell from Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary. Our preachers for this series are first Pastor Joel Heckendorf, from Light of the Valleys Lutheran Church in Reno, Nevada, and Pastor John Scharf from Abiding Grace Lutheran Church in Covington, Georgia. Joel and John, thanks for being with us again today. Um, Joel Heckendorf, get us started, if you would, by telling us a little bit about the theme for this Sunday, Come Lord Jesus as Judge. Yeah, I think it's interesting how, or maybe the the tactic I would take as we're we're getting closer and closer to Christmas, again, the emphasis is being on maybe Jesus coming his first time, especially as we look at the future themes of coming as our Messiah, coming as Emmanuel. So I think our our ideas, our thoughts are going to be going towards the manger. And yet this theme, come Lord Jesus as judge I, I see as the bookend right we're we're talking maybe the bookend even of the second article of the creed a lot of emphasis being on conceived by the holy spirit born of the virgin mary as we head into christmas here but then you go to the the other end of the second article from there he will come to judge the living and the dead so you know you, you kind of have the whole second article emphasis here and that we cover over the the season of advent um, as far as the, the theme itself, just focusing in on, on judge, uh, again, you, you see that, that progression of, especially in this text that we're going to be looking at, where Jesus has come from to where he's going. Uh, a shoot from the stump of Jesse does not look like a judge. And so I, I think you're, we're going to be able to see that that whole progression, which is really the second article, you know, conceived by the Holy Spirit to judge and, and to see the whole, the whole ministry of Jesus. And, and ultimately, is, isn't that the end game? I remember sitting at a, a seminary chapel once, and one of the professors gave a, it was one of the evening chapels, and he said, what's your goal in life? Um, or what's the ultimate goal as a Christian? And he said, if, if it's going to heaven, he said, you're wrong. And we're like, what? What do you mean we're wrong? But he, he, he brought out, no, it's the Jesus coming back as judge and the life of the world to come. That it's not just what happens at the end of this world, but when Jesus comes back. Or, or at what happens at the end of our life, but when Jesus comes back and we get a whole new, whole new life. And, right. and so I think that's an important point to maybe bring in here. That's how I see this theme fitting in to the big picture. Yeah, not just us going to glory, but the fullness of his final advent and the life that begins at that point, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Great. Great. Uh, John Scharf will be focusing again on the first reading as our sermon text, uh, as we did last week. Could you um, give us a, a short summary of the gospel for this week, the second reading, how it relates to the Isaiah reading we'll be talking about? Yes, absolutely. The uh, interesting thing here, you know, that's come Lord Jesus as judge. You can tell that that really 
came from the, the gospel of the day. Uh, that That is the picture that is highlighted here. You know, John the Baptist is, is preaching repentance. Um, and then he's attacking the Pharisees and Sadducees who, who come to, to see him, warning them of the judgment. You know, the axe is already at the root of the trees. Every tree that does not bear fruit will be thrown into the fire. You know, he's warning that the one coming after him was then even more powerful, who would be wielding his winnowing fork, burning up the, the chaff with unquenchable fire. And so you definitely see where we get the as judge part of the come Lord Jesus. It shows up in the Isaiah passage, but as we'll talk later, I'm sure um, you realize it's not the the key thought there. It, it, it's part of this whole, um, you know, his, his coming again. Uh, but so, yeah, the gospel definitely sets that tone uh, as judge. And, and thankfully, the judge that is coming will judge the righteous along with the wicked. So we'll be talking about how, how the Isaiah text gives such a vibrant picture of the peace and joy we'll receive when the judge comes. And then our second lesson from Romans uh, highlights the hope that we have as we await the judgment. You know, Paul uses actually our Isaiah text to encourage us, proving his point that everything written in the past was written to teach and to encourage us and, and really tying all three of the readings together. Great. Yeah. Thank you for helping us see those connections there. Um, so the the theme you, you mentioned as Jesus as judge, uh, predominantly in the gospel, um, we'll see a little different aspect of our Savior's ministry kind of coming to the fore uh, in the Isaiah reading. Um, but of course, you one of the things we wrestle with is the paradox of, of who our Savior is and all these things. He is all of them fully, um, but right, he is the judge, but the judge who brings us peace at the same time. Um, so we kind of wrestle with those uh, paradoxes this Sunday as well. Well, uh, Joel, let's go back to you as we start thinking about uh, Isaiah 11, 1 to 10 for this Sunday. Um, preachers have done their text study, um, but let's... Uh, Highlight for them some things that we noted as we worked our way through the text. Um, yeah, get us started. Highlight anything you would like. Isaiah 11, 1 to 10. Sure. Uh, I just noticed the, the variety of directions you could go with this text. If you just wanted to preach on verse 1, you could emphasize the, the shoot aspect of and, and talk about the background and the fulfillment of prophecy, that this is from David's uh, line and, or the line of, of Jesse. So I, I think that would be something that uh, steps out. Or, and then you, you have verses 2 and 3, I could see being a point of emphasis, uh, just talking about the blessings of how the Spirit and what the Spirit all brings to him and, and that inner working of, of the Trinity and that you have the spirit of, you know, you look at all those couplets there, the wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, fear of the Lord. Man, there's there's just so much to unpack there. Um, then three to five is really where the theme of the day fits in. But to understand where that context is coming with, with everything leading up to it and then after it. Well, six through nine becomes another theme, I think, that you could maybe hone in on for your whole sermon whether it's one who brings peace and, and just those beautiful imagery, a picture there really Eden restored um, is, a, is a neat picture there with all the, the animals playing or lying down with one another. And then verse 10 uh, could be 
another maybe a culmination point that this is why he's worth rallying to this is why he holds up the banner and and why he is someone that we should we should follow so i i really see the you know really five different areas of focus for for this sermon that depending on how you weave them together or if you you know have permission just to focus in on a one or two or three verses one of these sections and make it the main point of the sermon um, with with knowing the theme of the day if you really want to go with that come lord jesus as judge very similar to what what john just said the the that it's not just judging the the wicked but judging the righteous and that comes out maybe in the the comfort of the words poor and needy and and how that has this aspect of, of of rescuing and and just relieving from the the things of this world and um i i guess another word or phrase if if i would focus in on that that aspect of judge is is the rod of his mouth uh that comes up there i i just thought that's a a neat picture when you consider the context of of Isaiah and even how that word rod is used, you know, Isaiah 10, it's, it's the rod of wrath coming through like the Assyrians, for example, um, being the, the rod that, that God would have used to carry out judgment. And now yet, now it, it switches to the rod of, of Jesus mouth. And I, I, I guess I, I can't help but picture revelation, right? That you have the sword, the double-edged sword, the word of, of the word of the Lord is the one that he uses, uses to judge. So maybe it's not the, the weapons of this world, but you have the, uh, the word of God being so prominent in, in the way that he judges. Yeah. So one of the decisions a preacher will have to make here is, do you want to, um, preach on the entire text? Um, if so, you'll just have to be kind of get to the point, be economical with each of those sections that you mentioned? Um, uh, or, yeah, do you want to say, I'm just going to focus on this section of verses um, because there is, yeah, you could find law and gospel themes in each one of these sections, um, <clears throat> plenty of thoughts for application, uh, just the unpacking the images in each of these sections. There's just a lot right. in each of those images. Uh, uh John Scharf, let's go to you. Uh, things you noted as you worked through this text um, that you would like to highlight, either piggybacking on something that Joel had said or bringing up something new for us to consider. Yeah, I appreciate you know Joel's discussion on the uh, um, the the rod of his mouth striking the earth, and and then the the couplet with that, the the breath of his lips, uh, with the breath of his lips he'll slay the wicked, and. Um, you, know, you think of of revelation and and the the double-edged sword and you think of uh um i thought of jesus in in the garden of gethsemane as as uh who are you looking for uh jesus of nazareth i am he and and just just saying the word and they fall over as if dead uh you know that the the power of of his word in that in that judgment aspect of it and so yeah maybe even before that one of the things that jumped out at me was that that branch picture and the um you know right away the hymnody that that you know we get to sing during advent behold the branches growing of loveliest form and grace you know that 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 
was rolling through my head as I was digging into this a little bit and just thinking of, you know, that branch from a stump and I don't know, our, our tour guide in, in Israel at the Garden of Gethsemane, I don't know how much of it is, is accurate and how much of it is tour guide, but, you know, talking about the, uh, um, those trees that, I mean, they know they're really old, but claiming they're, they're uh, 2000 years old. Um, I tried to look into that a little bit online and found some, you know, some debate going on with that, but, but the way that works, you know, an olive tree can, can die off uh, and, and seem completely dead. And then out of the rootstock, another shoot will come and kind of use the old dead tree as protection as it grows. So it, you know, really kind of the, the same tree, just uh, new life. And, and just that picture of the, the new life coming out of the, the stump and, and you have the, the image of Israel and, and being cut off and, you know, 586, the, the temple is destroyed and, and uh, the people taken away and, and new life comes from that. And you get down to uh, uh, Joseph and Mary uh, not looking very royal um, as descendants of David and, and Bethlehem not, not being uh, um, much to talk about. Uh, and, and there the Savior comes. Uh, and then you, you get the description of who he is. And I, I think Joel covered that well with the, the spirit um, and his righteousness. Uh, another word picture that that I highlighted that that was fun for me to think about. I, it kind of kind of came up twice. This idea of of just the totality and completeness. Where uh, I guess in verse five talked about you know his righteous righteousness being the the loincloth of his loins and and that that faithfulness being the the belt of his waist and those words with a whole lot of. Uh, um, variety of translations you can get from there but uh just the idea that that completely covered right i mean just uh all around his his midsection i mean just everything is righteousness and faithfulness and and then when i got to i guess it's in verse 10 uh the water picture as the waters fill the earth my eye is not finding it right now verse nine maybe at the end of verse, verse nine there verse it is nine, yep yeah, the, the world will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as waters cover the sea. You know, where the sea is, there is water. Um, it, it's just, it's a part of it. it, it it's complete. And, and there will be that, um, the, the understanding, the knowledge of the Lord, uh, so covering everything, you know, in God's presence, in heaven, uh, just that absolute, uh, uh, complete totality of uh, of being in his presence so that everything is good uh, and everything is peaceful. And of course, I don't know if, uh, you know, we really talked about it all, but just the, the really vivid imagery of the, um, the wolf and the lamb and the, the panther and the, and the baby goat and the calf lion yearling and, and the baby in the snake's hole. And, you know, uh, no worries about anything because all of those natural animosities, all of that natural hostility is going to be gone uh, because so completely covered in the, uh, the knowledge of the Lord um, that there is that, that absolute peace. So, I mean, two weeks in a row, we get some really cool pictures of, of the peace we get to look forward to. Right. Yeah. And I think this is similar to last week's section from Isaiah two as uh, in that there is kind of a approximate um, fulfillment yeah. uh this is the age of the messiah being talked about the peace that we have uh, i think we mentioned even you know the song of the angels when jesus is born uh peace on earth here we have a picture of that peace also um the peace 
God and sinners reconciled because the this king has come from David's line. But then also, right, the complete fulfillment of that peace yeah. in the life of the world to come also. So, yeah, we have well, this peace now idea. by faith, and we will see it in its fullness uh, yet to come. Right. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit about just law and gospel uh, in this text. Um, I mean, uh, the gospel predominates throughout here with these pictures of peace and the coming of the, the shoot from the stump, uh, from the line of King David, um, and the descriptions of the Savior, so vivid here. Um, what do you point to as uh, the malady? Uh, do you take it from the text? Or, um, I mean, I have, I have my idea. I'll see what first what you guys say. Uh, Joel, what do you look at as sort of the the sin problem in this text that you'll address? I think it's by looking at what's coming that infers that it's not here now. Okay. So there isn't peace between people. There is, there is the stump aspect, I, I think, is where you would bring in the, the law. Why is it a stump? And, and you have the judgment of the past and the ax at the root of the trees. And, and so they, you know, Israel would have been, yeah, politically dead, but also spiritually dead. And, and so I think that's an opportunity to bring in the, the, uh, if you want to call it the fallen condition focus or the malady or, or whatever we want to call it by. So things look bleak. And, um, and then you just look at all the, the warring of our, of our world, how, how we, Eden is lost. I, you know, I, I think this is a picture, those, especially those pictures of six through nine, uh, that's Eden restored, but you could talk about Eden being lost. And, and so you have a very general effects of sin on this, on this world. Yeah, that the shoot, uh, pick, or shoot from a stump is kind of what stump. I thought of too. Yeah, the stump, how did it get to be that way? Um, yeah, and I think I just gave, uh, as I preached on this, gave a little background to, uh, well, what's this talking about? Well, Jesse is the father of King David. David is this great resplendent king with so much power, but um, you know, his line was like a, this huge majestic oak tree, uh, but God chopped it down. Um, he used these foreign nations to come in and just cut it all down because it, because it had, had rotted. And using that to identify, yeah, um, helping us identify with that a little bit. Um, yeah, and then the lack of peace, the, the destruction of the, the perfect creation, um, touching on those themes as well. Uh, yeah, and then gospel emphases, just uh, the shoot, the life that is still there, as John mentioned, growing out of this stump um, and the, the peace that the Savior brings. Uh, John other additional thoughts on kind of law and gospel themes in the text? Yeah, I too was going with that that stump aspect. I think you guys covered that well. And the I, I love that uh, um, the, the picture of Jesus as the banner and the nations rallying to him. His resting place will be glorious. Um, peace like we don't know. You know, for all of the, the issues in life, all of the situations in which we don't feel peace. Um, Jesus is the banner we're rallying to, and and there is peace there that 
is beyond our understanding and comprehension. Mind blowing. Uh, his resting place will be glorious. Um, I, I, I think that uh, phrase will find its way um, into my sermon a time or two. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, yeah, here's how I, I was looking back at when I preached on this last and kind of uh, I uh, back to what Joel said, you have to decide if you want to preach on the whole text or or part of it. I tried to tackle the whole thing, but um, maybe that was not wise. But uh, but kind of yeah, brought out the the stump, a little background of of the history of David um, and his the the line of kings that everyone thought was dead under God's judgment. But there's gospel in that. You no, know, God promises life coming out of this seemingly dead and worthless stump. And, um, you know, when uh, a baby cries that night in Bethlehem, you know, the shoot is coming up out of the stump um, and bringing new hope uh, where there seemingly wasn't any before. Um, and then using the description of the, the spirit, uh, the, the sevenfold description of the spirit here, pointing out in some different ways how Jesus uh, is exactly the savior we need. You think a shoot from a stump really isn't worth a whole lot, but actually when he's this, um, he is exactly what we need. And looking at some of those images uh, in that section of verses, um, for instance, you know, he delights in the fear of the Lord. See a picture there of maybe Jesus uh, act of obedience and, um, covering us with these beautiful robes of righteousness because he feared the Lord as we have not done. Um, and there's many other pictures in that section of verses there too. Um, and then talking about the result is, is the peace that we have. Um, any other advice for preachers as, uh, as you put your sermons together on how to, uh, yeah, deal with the different thoughts or the different images here, how they will kind of come together in your sermon, John? I haven't written yet, but when I got done with the first part of my text study, I was thinking, you know, theme being something about, you know, the banner makes a glorious resting, marks a glorious resting place or something like that. But then trying to think through how that would work, I I abandoned that one and went, went back with the one that uh, really started from that, that first verse, um, behold, the branches growing uh, as kind of the, the theme uh, and maybe the parts first, you know, out of death. So like you said, talking about that, uh, um, talking about that uh, uh, Israel being cut off the, the, the tree being um, cut down. uh, And, and this is the branch that's growing there. Uh, And then the second part bringing life, you know, he's, he's got the righteousness to judge. Uh, He has the spirit that gives us life and that's completely on him, in him. Uh, he lived in the fear of the Lord. You know, his justice is, is a good thing for us. Um, so pretty simple parts, but I think a lot can be covered inside there. Yeah. Yeah. Joel, similar thoughts? Very similar thoughts. I am on either looking at verse one or verse 10 as my main point of emphasis. <laughs> I was thinking something like, root for the root or something like that, you know, where we're, we're really rallying behind this Jesus, and then you work backwards and say, why are, why is he someone worth rooting for his, and because his place is going to be glorious, or do you start with the small, Hey, things are bleak. You got the, behold, the branches growing. And so leading you to that and 
yeah, I, I don't know which direction I'm going yet, but I, I would agree it's one of those two. It's either verse one or verse 10 with everything in between, uh, either fulfilling or, or giving the cause why we should, this is the judge we want to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a uh, couple of key images you could work off of. And I think, yeah, the, the branch that's growing, the shoot from a stump, I think I used as a theme, um, a shoot from a stump, what good is that? Uh, and then just try to answer the question as we, you know, go move through the text, um, just showing that, first of all, th this is not something, uh, as you picture this initial image that you think is worth anything, you know, a little tiny shoot that, what, what good is that? Uh, a stump is, you know, uh, it's just a memory of something good that was once there. And now you have to, you know, work your lawnmower around it. And it's just kind of annoying, and, you know, but the shoot from the stump, um, this is the, the humble savior um, does not come from a earthly perspective, from a glorious uh, place uh, or background. He grows out of a stump, um, but it's, it means everything to us. It's, it's new life where there was death. It's, it's peace where there was no peace. It's um, I get to stand confidently in the presence of the Lord, uh, even being judged in, in righteousness. Um, so these different images uh, that come out throughout the text. Um, I did want to point out uh, if, if you are looking at that section of verses, there is a, a hymn based on that middle section uh, the peace section, uh, hymn 304, what hope and Eden prophesied is really a paraphrase of some of these verses from Isaiah 11 focuses on that, um, the, that middle section of verses where kind of the picture is that the savior brings peace that restores what was lost. Um, so we get the picture there, um, things that don't live in peace, uh, the wolf and the lamb, you know, the predator and the prey, um, you, you, the toddler walking into uh, the bear pit at the zoo would normally be a horrific bad thing, but a little child is standing among all, you know, um, all these images that scream out to us, uh, this means conflict and bloodshed, it, it's all peace and kind of a, the, the restoration of the original creation is sort of the thought of the hymn there. Um, so you might want to, might want to touch on that. Uh, other thoughts, illustration, application, ideas for preachers that might be helpful. Uh, John? Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm thinking of using some of the pictures of the gospel to, um, you know, in, in the lost, you know, of the gospel reading from, from uh, Matthew uh, in the law section as, you know, what John said, that's exactly what we deserve for, you know, that's the kind of judge that we deserve. And yet we pray, come Lord Jesus as judge. Um, and, and the one that's described here, this, this shoot with the, uh, the spirit of all of these things and the righteousness and the, the care for the, 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 the weak and needy, um, and as believers, you know, that's the, that's the joy. We get to preach to believers. Uh, it's not all, hey, you're, you're going to hell because as, as believers, we, um, we are the, the humble that, that he is lifting up. Um, so, yeah, I just 
to make that point that I think the, the gospel reading would, would be helpful in uh, expressing some of the, uh, um, the law section of this. Yeah, good, good idea. Good idea. Tap into that imagery, um, and connect it with the law section here. But um, uh, just a random thought, verse 10, that picture of rallying around uh, the banner, um, the nations uh, will rally to him. Yeah, I mean, first of all, just a cool picture, like an ancient battlefield and everything is chaos and you can't tell who's winning, who's losing, but then the banner rises up and you know the king is alive and you can rally to him and there's hope and there's victory there. Um, the, the theme of the nations and the peoples uh, in that verse, um, a connection I make there, if you're looking for kind of a worship connection to um, in our new hymnal, we're using the, a version of the, the Kyrie, the Lord have mercy prayer at the beginning of the service that goes way back to John Chrysostom and the Eastern church. But there's kind of that, what strikes us as maybe a sort of an odd line um, for the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. But really, I think that's picking up on themes like Isaiah 1110 here. Um, it's not just like a superficial unity, hey, let's all get along that we're praying for. We're really praying that God would rally more people to uh, the banner, uh, the root of Jesse, and bring them into his family um, so they experience the peace that is found in Jesus. So um, if you're looking for a, a little connection there, um, and that might also help explain that line a little bit um, that we're getting used to, to singing and speaking. Uh, Joel? It, you know, it reminds me of what you said there, you know, just preparing for battle. And I think Luther commented on this section. He, he took us to the armor of God, you know, Ephesians 6, putting on the armor of God, which is often so much our armor in our battle as we, but to see here the, um, the way that our Savior was armored and you see the act of obedience shining through maybe in this section more than other things where his, his righteousness and his, his ability to discern and wisdom and understanding and him bearing fruit, him delighting. I love that picture delighting or, you know, being a, a pleasing aroma in, in God's eyes, in his father's eyes with that perfect fear of the Lord. And so there might be an illustration there. If you use the battle theme of the Royal banner, someone just rallying around this, but to know that, yeah, he was girded with, with the perfect armor of God. Right. Yeah. I thought of that too, kind of emphasizing the act of obedience of Jesus uh, and the, the peace that it brings us, the peace that's there for the nations. Um, and of course this Advent season, we're you know, thinking of the coming of Jesus um, his coming to us in his word and this promise of forgiveness and the sacraments too. This is where we have the connection point with the peace and the victory, you know, in real time right now too. Um, through the, the shoot that rose out of the stump of Jesse. Um, any final thoughts, guys, uh, to add? Um, advice for preachers? I think we've given them a lot of food for thought, a lot of things to think about. Um, uh, yeah, just another text, just replete with these really packed, uh, packed with images and uh, powerful gospel pictures that you can bring out um, as you preach to God's people. So, Preachers, God bless you as you do that, as you continue with your work of studying and outlining and writing and memorizing. 
And the Lord bless you as you proclaim this gospel of peace to his people.